You know that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your ancestors, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without defect or blemish. Please pray with me. Dear Father in heaven, we come before you this morning, trusting that you are here with us in this place, wherever we have come together in your name. May my words be your words, and all of our thoughts, your thoughts. We ask all of this in your Son's name. Amen. Christianity, it seems to me, often seems like a religion full of contradictions. We have a God, for instance, who is a trinity. He is three in one, but he's not just three, and he's not just one. Both of those, in fact, are terrible heresies, and defending them will likely get you thrown out of the church. He is three and one, both at the same time. Similarly, Jesus is God and man. He's not just God. That's a terrible heresy. He's not just man. Another terrible heresy. He is fully God and fully man, both at the same time. And I'm aware of other seeming contradictions as a preacher too. A huge one comes up every year on Ash Wednesday when by putting ashes on our foreheads, we seem to be disobeying Jesus's explicit instructions about not disfiguring our faces and practicing our piety before others. And every week, it seems we come up against this apparent contradiction between the fact that we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ outside any good work we have ever done, are doing now, or will ever do, and that we are called to do every good work, to be obedient to God's calling on our lives and to live a new life made possible by Christ's free gift to us. Both of these things are true at the same time. It's my hope, of course, to proclaim the gospel in such a way that these seeming contradictions are revealed to be no contradiction at all and are instead revealed to be the results of the miraculous and omnipotent work of a holy and gracious God, a jealous and merciful Lord who makes two things that our finite human minds must separate into two things that can be true at the same time. And I bring up these contradictions because I'm going to introduce another one to you this morning. Peter is going to say in his first letter that God judges all people impartially. And I'm going to seem to say the opposite, that God shows great partiality. But before I'm accused of a terrible heresy, I hope to proclaim the gospel in such a way that it becomes clear that both of these things are true at the same time, and that they are made true by Christ's sacrifice of himself on the cross for the sins of the world. So, let us begin. In the early 1990s, Saturday Night Live in one of its most inspired fake commercials, advertised a product called Happy Fun Ball. After showing some kids excitedly playing with their new toy, a simple playground ball, an announcer comes on. Yes, he says, it's Happy Fun Ball. 
the toy sensation that's sweeping the nation. Only $14.95 at participating stores. Get one today. Warning, pregnant women, the elderly, and children under 10 should avoid prolonged exposure to Happy Fun Ball. Happy Fun Ball contains a liquid core which, if exposed due to rupture, should not be touched, inhaled, or looked at. Do not use Happy Fun Ball on concrete. Discontinue use of Happy Fun Ball if any of the following occurs. Itching, vertigo, dizziness, tingling in extremities, loss of balance or coordination, slurred speech, temporary blindness, profuse sweating, or heart palpitations. If Happy Fun Ball begins to smoke, get away immediately. Seek shelter and cover head. When not in use, Happy Fun Ball should be returned to its special container and kept under refrigeration. Failure to do so relieves the makers of Happy Fun Ball, Wacky Products Incorporated, and its parent company, Global Chemical Unlimited, of any and all liability. And then my favorite, do not taunt Happy Fun Ball. <laughs> Happy Fun Ball accept no substitutes. I always thought that this was a hilarious spoof of the long warnings that were included in many mainstream commercials for products like medication, theme park rides, and yes, even children's toys. And it struck me this week that Peter's warning to the readers of his first letter carries a similar tone. If you invoke the Father, he says, the one who judges all people impartially according to their deeds, live in fear, reverent fear, during the time of your exile. Are you sure, he seems to be saying, that you want to play with happy fun ball? Are you sure you want to get involved with a God who judges people impartially, who judges people fairly according to their deeds? Failure to live a holy life relieves the preachers of the Christian faith and their boss in heaven, the almighty and ever-living God, of any and all liability. At first blush, Peter's warning seems strange because, see, it, impartiality seems good. It sounds fair. There's a reason that Lady Justice is always depicted as blindfolded, right? She's holding the scales, but she's supposed to be objective, impartial. She doesn't judge by sight. Whichever side of the scales weighs the most, that's the one she picks. She's not supposed to be swayed by the details of the people putting their offerings onto the scales, their accomplishments, the things they've done. She's impartial. The good outweighs the bad, reward. The bad outweighs the good, punishment. That's what we think of as justice, fairness, impartiality. But as Peter implies, for us, that's not actually good news. If you invoke as father he warns, the one who judges all people impartially according to their deeds. Live in reverent fear during the time of your exile. If you have a God who does this, who judges impartially according to your deeds, you're going to live in fear, not in peace. You know this fear. This is the fear that you're not good enough. Not a good enough husband or wife, father or mother, a good enough provider or caregiver, or perhaps most worryingly, not a good enough or close enough follower of Jesus Christ. 
This is the fear that Peter is talking about. If we ask into our hearts a God who judges impartially, fairly, according to our deeds, a judge who looks at how we've lived our lives, we will always be worried. We will always have that little sneaking suspicion, that quiet fear that God, who sees our hearts, our hidden desires and our attitudes, and the us that we hide from everyone else, we fear that this God will find the lives that we've led wanting, not good enough. And guess what? That fear is well-founded. Our suspicion is totally accurate. The lives we've led have been wanting. They are not good enough. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And here is our contradiction that's not a contradiction. Peter is right, but Jesus is Lord. God does judge impartially. But his impartial judgment finds everyone guilty. But God is not just an impartial judge. He is not just Lady Justice. God is also merciful. Jesus, our Savior, is Lord. Jesus is God. A theologian I know, Mark Mattis, once said that God is so for you as your defender that he is against himself as your accuser. God is so for you as your defender that he is against himself as your accuser. This again is a contradiction that is not a contradiction. God is holy and loving. He is just and merciful. He is judge and defense attorney. He is creator and savior. And Peter is a good enough preacher not to leave the people in their fear. He tells them good news for fearful people. You know, he says, remember that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your ancestors, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without defect or blemish. And that's the key. That's what makes these two things true at the same time. The precious blood of Christ makes this a seeming contradiction that is no contradiction at all. The lamb, without defect or blemish, sacrificed for the sins of the world. We have an almighty God who humbles himself, a God who submits to the very death that his sinful and rebellious creation deserves, a God who takes onto himself the punishment that we have earned. Here, is the contradiction that is not a contradiction. Because of the cross, your God is so for you as your defender that he is against himself as your accuser. God is unfair. God shows partiality. Peter is right, but Jesus is Lord. He is partial 
God is partial to his own son. And this is good news for sinners like you and me. The scripture says that everyone who believes has been clothed with Christ. When God looks at us, he sees his own son. He's not fooled. We're not pulling a fast one or tricking the Lord because Jesus Christ is God himself. And we get to cover ourselves with the one to whom God shows partiality. Wearing our normal clothes, our sinful robes, we are in trouble. But clothed with Christ, we partake in all the glory that comes with being the favorite. Getting the preferential treatment. Having a God who is partial to us. Not because of who we are, but because of who ransomed us. Because of who paid for our freedom from the impartial judgment of a holy God. And from the ever-present fear that we haven't done enough. Christ's blood has washed us white as snow and made us the ones to whom God shows partiality. Jesus has torn the blindfold from Lady Justice's eyes. He has, by his death and resurrection, overturned impartiality because an impartial scales finds every single one of us wanting. Our bad outweighs our good every single time. But our God is not blind He opens his eyes, looks at us, and sees his suffering son ransoming us with his blood. The body of Christ is broken for you. The blood of Christ is shed for you. In and on account of Christ, he sees that beloved son with whom he said he was well pleased And he sees that when he looks at you. You, yes, even you, are now pleasing to God. His beloved, one and only child. Fear is abolished. And peace reigns supreme. Jesus said to his disciples, and he says to you today, Peace. I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Brothers and sisters, let us rest in this peace. A peace which banishes all fear. Because in Christ, we, you and I, are reconciled to a holy and impartial God. We have been ransomed, paid for, made righteous. The deal is done. In Christ, God is partial to you. Amen.